0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I'm out of my mind excited to sit down with a friend. And it feels like such a privilege to be able to call this man a friend. But to be able to sit down with Tim Story, yes, that Tim Story, a celebrity himself, but commonly referred to as pastor to the stars, life coach to the stars, you know, the man that intimately works with all of the A listers when they are in a time of need or In a time of flourishing, can you imagine what it would be like to be a fly on the wall with Tim's story, hearing some of the the stories that he has been able to hear and see and and feel how he has been able to help some of the most famous individuals in the world? Well, that's what we talk about today. And you are going to draw so much inspiration from it. You're probably not going to be able to contain yourself by the end of this episode, I promise you. Now, before we dive into that, Tim actually spoke. At my mastermind, the last time we all got together for my mastermind. It's these high quality individuals that I bring in to help collaborate with you in order to grow your business. And I have, are you ready for this? Really good news three openings in this year's mastermind. I know, I know all of the podcast episodes up to this point, I've been saying you have to apply for 2019 mastermind. And there is still the waiting list for that. But if anyone applied for the 2019 mastermind and you would like to get in early, there are three spots that have opened up because a few people have other obligations that they have to go attend to. So listen, if you want to join this year's mastermind and go ahead and just continue right over into next year's mastermind and you've already applied, or if you have not yet applied and this is calling you right now, go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Check it out. Apply if you have not yet. And if you have already, just shoot me a message. Shoot me a message on Instagram at Chris W. Harder and shoot me a DM that says, Hey, I already applied for your mastermind. I'm curious about joining this year instead of waiting till next year. And if you apply right now, send me the exact same message because those that are ready now, instead of waiting till next year, let's go ahead and let's get you into this family. If we decide it's a really good fit for you. All right, guys, get ready, because this is one of those episodes that is the end-all be-all of money mindset, generosity, playing big, living to your God-given talent's fullest potential. This is the episode that will give you permission to do so. Tim story is one of the most remarkable men that I have ever had the privilege to get to know. We sit down, we have a conversation about what it's like to work with Hollywood's elite so intimately. We find out if it's really true based on what he's seen among all of the A-listers that when good people make good money, they do great things. He gives a very definitive answer to that. We discuss what to do when you're in your own season of setback and how to like turn it into a season of comeback. That is one of the areas that Tim has the most experience in. So if you feel like you're just stuck you're going to love that part. We also talk about, from the perspective of a godly man, how does Tim view the accumulation of wealth? Is it good or is it bad? And he uses scripture and parables parables for proof to back up his answer. We help answer that age-old question as well of, should we give out loud or should we give in the dark and not tell anybody? You're, I think you're going to love that the permission and the guidance that he gives you on that as a matter of fact this entire episode is just pure inspiration so let's not delay any longer because by the end of this episode it's impossible not to feel hope and like you can conquer the world by the time you're done listening to tim so get ready listen up take some notes get present because this episode is life changing All right, Tim, my friend, what a privilege to have you on today. How you doing?
1: It's a privilege to be on today. We are real friends, and that is for sure.
0: You know, I, I actually make a real conscious effort to not say, you know, so-and-so, my friend, great to have you on, unless it's somebody who I authentically view as a friend. I just, it's one of those little things for me that I feel like you can't call somebody a friend until you truly feel that way about them, and, and that's how I feel about you, and I'm grateful for that.
1: And thank you. I'm glad we found each other. Me too, me too. So here's
0: how the show works. We start with a little bit of rapid fire just to set the pace, so to speak. And if there's anything really good that comes up during it, we'll circle back and we'll do a deep dive into that. How's that sound?
1: I love it. Let's do it.
0: Perfect. So we're going to start real easy. Tim, where'd you grow up?
1: Compton, California. It's a beautiful area.
0: And where do you live now?
1: I live in Orange County.
0: Orange County. And what is one of your all-time favorite quotes?
1: If you don't do something with life, Life will do something with you. Ooh, so good. And what is one of your superpowers? Um, I have the ability to leap tall buildings. (laughs) That wouldn't surprise me. Actually. What's one of your favorite books? Uh, think and grow
0: rich. Oh yeah. Such a classic. One thing that you're challenged by right now.
1: Not enough time in the day.
0: You and me both favorite speech you've ever given.
1: I think one of them would have been uh, this weekend. I did a, a meeting in Las Vegas, and it's called "Making Magic."
0: I saw that. What was that
1: like twenty thousand people or something like that? Yes, it was. Uh, it was. It was on fire. You know, as you know, as a speaker, I we work very hard on our notes. I put forty hours into research on this one speech, but. Mm. It all just started coming out of my soul, and it was it was a beautiful thing.
0: Oh, man, congratulations. Who is someone who's changed your life? Quincy Jones. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments thus far?
1: I would say being a humanitarian, going to third world nations, and going into these tough areas and teaching on dreams and helping young people become dreamers. Amen.
0: One regret you might have. Divorce. And what is something generous you've recently done?
1: I have um, helped people go through college that nobody knows that I did. I just did it because I wanted to.
0: Ooh, I love that. That's such a good segue into the show. I'm I'm actually gonna earmark that answer because a lot of the things that we like to talk about on the show is, is it okay to talk about your giving? And so I'm gonna earmark that one. Before we go there, let's go deeper into the interview, and I know a lot of my listeners are already great big fans of yours because I'm always talking about you know uh, the events that I go see you speak at and, and et cetera, et cetera, but not everybody knows your backstory, right? They know about the collaborations with Oprah and the countless A-list celebrities that you've coached and the incredible speaking events they see you at, but a lot of them don't know your backstory. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your upbringing?
1: Okay, a little backstory is um, born in Compton, California, which we really enjoyed, you know, we were seven people, seven people in our family. So my mother, and my father, and then five children. But the the challenge of the living conditions is we had seven people in a two-bedroom apartment. So that means we were sleeping in a lot of different places and a lot of bunk beds were involved. And so one of the things, Chris, is that we had to think big in small places.
0: Did you just catch that one? That's good.
1: (laughs) Say that back to me. Think big in small places.
0: Think big in small places.
1: Yeah, because we were like cramped, crowded, and crushed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to think big in that situation.
1: It really is. And so what happens, what I found, is that when we were in that setting, because you're like all over each other. Either going to drive each other crazy, or you're going to get creative and get super close to each other. And so we we were creative and super close to each other. So, Compton, California, and um, I had an experience in the sixth grade that was really, really cool. And that was my sixth grade teacher asked me to stay after class one day. And I didn't know what it was going to be about. I thought he was going to talk to me maybe about the fact that. I had won this dance contest at school. Maybe he was gonna talk to me about being a good athlete because I noticed he would go to some of my games. But he he honestly said this to me. He says, Timmy, I want to tell you something. I think you are, then I didn't know what he was gonna say. Then he said, I think you are brilliant. Now, I had never been branded brilliant. And I had so much respect for this teacher that I bought into what he said. How cool is that? It's amazing. So Chris, I'm telling you now that man's words pierced into my soul and I bought into what he said and I began to align with there is something brilliant about me and somehow, some way it's going to come out.
0: Tim, have you ever talked to that teacher today? Does he know the difference that he made in your life?
1: He, he does, and it, it happened in a random way. I looked for him because uh, he was older already and he had retired. And randomly, I was walking through a neighborhood uh, through some small stores in a, a nicer area. And as I was walking by, I saw a man who looked like him. I took a chance, turned around, tapped a man on the shoulder, and it was him. Hmm. And we embraced, he says, I heard what's happened to your life. I'm following you. Uh, And he just said, Timmy, I always knew it was going to happen. I said, but please let me take the time and just tell you this story again. He said, I never knew it made that big of an impact. I just said, thank you for caring. Thank you for taking the time.
0: Who do do you think felt better in that moment? You getting to say (laughs) thank you to him or him seeing the tangible results of, you know, what he helped create by speaking life into somebody.
1: I think that it was uh, a mutual feeling of um, synergism where we both just found that I had a need and he had an answer. And that's a very powerful thing. I find it the same like when I go to Third World Nations and we're out there feeding the poor or getting backpacks for the kids or leaving their families motivational gifts. I get the good feeling, Chris, but also they get to change life. So it's a, it's, it's, it's mutual synergy.
0: You know, I almost would like to think that God kind of made it that way. I would almost like to think that, you know, this inner desire that we have that, feels good when we do something for somebody else it has been placed there for on purpose so that we have the drive to follow through with doing
1: that. Would you agree, disagree, or shed some light on that? I would 100% agree, and I'm going to give you a couple little steps. I think that, number one, guys like me and you, we believe in miracles, okay? Yep. So a miracle is a supernatural intervention yeah. of God into the natural affairs of men. So miracles are something that's not common, not the norm, not status quo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what your life has become, because we're friends and I follow you as well, is that your life has become more miraculous. To be miraculous means God's super is on your natural. Okay? So here's the steps. Number one, if I looked at young Chris, you had to start to believe in miracles, okay? Mm -hmm. Even when you were younger. The second thing you did is you began to expect miracles. Yep. Yep. Okay? The third thing you do is that you have to learn to receive miracles. Now, there's a challenge there with people. Because I think some people think they're not worthy of miracles. Okay? They don't deserve miracles. They don't deserve a break. And so there's sometimes a blockage there. But we have to learn to believe, expect, receive, because you cannot give what you don't have. And that's what your whole message is all about. That's what your podcast is about. It's absolutely true. You can't give what you don't have. So you go from believing, expecting, receiving, to releasing.
0: Okay, so how does somebody go from, let's say, believing, right? They believe that miracles can occur, but maybe they think it's for everybody else, but they know they exist, to expecting Miracles because that's a big step.
1: Yes. Okay. So the believing side is that you have to feed your faith and starve your doubt. So one thing I noticed about you and your wife is that you spend time with a lot of people that are positive outgoing and have similar mindsets and motives. Mm -hmm. Now those are two good Ms right there. The mindset and the motive. Because if you get around too many people with a different mindset and different motives, it could kind of take you off your track. Mm-hmm. So the idea of getting to believe in miracles, you have got to feed your faith that miracles are possible. And we can do that by listening to your podcasts. We can do that by hearing me speak. You can do that by reading biblical verses. Uh, watching other podcasts, so you got to feed your faith, starve your doubt. You learn to believe. Once you believe, you begin to expect. You begin to expect. Like Michael Jordan, so put in the work to be Michael Jordan. He expected to win. Would you? Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. All right. So what I'm watching in you, even this year, is that there's like almost like a different look in your eyes where you just expect that something big is about to happen.
0: I do. I it's a feeling. It's a if I'm really being transparent cuz sometimes it's not comfortable saying yes, I expect that big things are happening cuz society tells you you should be you, you shouldn't just put it outwardly like that. But I literally have that feeling and that knowing that big things are happening.
1: Yes, so what's happening is that I believe three things bring that on. Number one, revelation. When you get a revelation of something, it leads to number two, which is conviction. So revelation leads to conviction. Conviction leads to movement. So you have a revelation about finances. You have a revelation about how to handle money, how to get money. You have a revelation about paying it forward. Would you agree? 100%. The revelation led to conviction. I've seen you take a stage. You take the stage with conviction. Yep. Okay? Revelation, conviction leads to movement, but not regular movement. What we're about in this podcast today is I want people to take what I call power steps. Those are steps with purpose and intent. Purpose and intent where you know where you're going, and you get there on purpose.
0: Mm, I love it, that's so good. I want to make sure we don't skip over the part where you said you were thinking big in small places, and in sixth grade, your teacher spoke life into you. How early did you know? Because this goes right along with what we're talking about. how How early did you know, did you expect that you were going to do big things?
1: I would say that it came through observation. So I kind of needed to see other people that were pulling off some big things, and that started to stir me up. So in December of 1969, there was a group called the Jackson Five, and you remember them? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't remember them. Okay, so the day was actually December 14th, 1969. The Jackson Five was on the Ed Sullivan Show. And I saw this little guy who looked like me with a big afro. And he was dancing, spinning. I saw all this for the first time. Michael Jackson leading the Jackson 5. And what I saw was this guy making magic. And it was the strangest thing, Chris. I looked at that and I thought, oh, my gosh. That's me. I'm supposed to do something magical because it was magical. What that guy did on that stage and even with his voice was magical. Mm -hmm. So the observation of watching somebody else do it stirred up the gift in me.
0: Mm. So is it our responsibility to go find these moments of inspiration or should we just wait around until we trip across them?
1: I think it's twofold in the day that we live in. Like let's let's say it was back in the '30s, we didn't have the internet. Nope. Okay, uh, we could not uh, get a book overnight on Amazon. Nope.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we learned from our aunt, our uncle, our grandpa. That's why you get a lot of people say, "My grandpa taught me this." <laughs> you know that kind of thing. It was like hearsay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So today we can intentionally there's that word intention. We can intentionally go after knowledge and information that builds our faith and makes us better people. So I think that part of it is by design and some things you just discover. So I I go after things every day on a daily basis to build my faith. Every single day, I am building my faith. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm podcasts, interviews with people who I think are creative, interesting conversations, but sometimes I quote unquote stumble over brilliance and then say, hey, stop and pay attention.
0: And you're probably increasing your chances of stumbling across brilliance when you're already seeking and you're already open to it, I'm guessing.
1: You 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 will. And in fact you'll stumble over it so much so many times because it's now the type of crowd that you keep. Uh, there's a conference that's pretty cool called The Summit, and you might even know the guys who put it on. But I, I went there with my friend Brent Bolthouse, and we were there, and we, we went some saw Malcolm Gladwell speak, and then we saw Jeff Bezos from Amazon, and uh, Kobe Bryant spoke, and other people spoke. And it was like every eight feet, we'd run into somebody we knew. So it's like, oh, man, there's so-and-so. There's so-and-so. There's another guy. And there were so many like brilliant minds that were like congregating in one spot. And so I think that people that want to do well in life and people who do not want to settle for almost life, we find each other.
0: I love that. So as a godly man, because that is absolutely what you are, Mm -hmm. what is your view on gathering wealth?
1: Okay, I, I believe this. I believe that God wants us to prosper in every area of our lives. So, as you know, my, my background is theology. I have a doctorate in world religions. Yep. Okay. So, Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man. The word blessed means that he is satisfied with success, who does not walk after the world system. But instead, he meditates in God's ways day and night. So that is a meditation of believing in God's principles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it says, and then that man shall prosper in everything he does. The word prosper there means he shall flourish. All right, so there's different areas of your life. There's your physical life, your mental life, your family life. There's your job. There's your financial. So every single area of our lives, I do believe it is God's plan for us to flourish.
0: I love that. Now, there's some people that are just not in that season of life right now, right? You and I talk a lot about some of those who are in their setback right now, whether it's financially, whether it's relationships, whether it's business, no matter where it is. Because like you just referenced, we deserve to flourish in all areas of life. But some people are in their season of setback right now. Talk to me about that. Talk to them. What can they do?
1: Okay. So I think sometimes the reason someone is going through a a tough time is that they are in the wrong position. So as you know, I life coach people and, and many times when I'm life coaching people, I find that they're doing well, but they really don't like their job. And um, it's funny, Chris Rock talks about this. He says, there's a difference between a job and a career. (laughs) (laughs) A a job, you keep looking at your watch, when when do I get out? A career, you're just so excited to do it, you lose track of time. Mm. So I feel like somehow, Chris, you found what I call your God idea. Yes. There's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. So I find that many people that are struggling emotionally, struggling in their mindset, and even struggling financially, they have not found their God idea in life. Because I do believe that once you find that God idea, that is more than a job. It becomes your career, it becomes your purpose, it becomes your destiny, and you begin to flourish even more in that
0: a lot of people are so down and out right now they're not even looking for their god idea right they're they're barely believing in good ideas they feel like they've been dealt the short end of the stick how do they even get into this place of finding these god ideas and then taking action
1: okay so the first thing you have to do is you have to take inventory in your life if you find yourself in a difficult place, you have to take inventory. So let's say that you say to me, "Hey Tim, uh, Lori and I would like to meet you at a restaurant in Pasadena." And so there's different ways for me to do this. I can choose ways, or I can get on some other form of, uh, you know, communication to find this particular restaurant. Now, if I if I find myself getting lost. I've got to many times pull over and take inventory. Okay, did I put in the proper address? What did I do wrong that now I'm lost? So there are people that are lost in life. So number one, take inventory. Stop. Stop and take inventory. How did I get here? Now, don't you love that? Mm -hmm. Okay, now, how did I get here? All right. Now, secondly... Now that I'm here, what can I do? All right, now you have choices. You can sit in your setback, you could settle in your setback, and you can even cement yourself in your setback. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a great story, like, the reason this happened is, my God, when I married Roy, that's what messed me up. <laughs> so, so now you're sitting, settling, cementing yourself, but take inventory, find out what happened, what did I do, how did I get here, and now that you're there and you're in trouble, let's partner with power. Mm -hmm. Let's partner with power. I have a friend, and he used to be an electrician since he was 18 years of age, and his name is Marty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Marty knows L.A. like nobody because he used to do these electrical jobs starting at 18, like downtown LA, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica. So if I get lost ever, I call Marty. Marty, oh my God, I'm running behind. I gotta meet so-and-so from William Morris. He's gonna be at this building. Oh, that's easy. Okay, where are you? I tell him. He goes, okay, turn left here, go here, turn left on Century City Boulevard. It's on the right-hand side. He's right every time.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, so my Mar- Marty is my guy who gets me out of my comebacks when I'm lost. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> all right? So in the area of finances, you are our guy that we can partner with, that you can give us insights, ideas, right? Yep. That will help us have a comeback. We've gotten to partner with power. That's what people are doing with you by the thousands.
0: It's so funny because I think when we're down and out, we try and protect ourselves and we we put ourselves in these silos, right? And and we should be doing the opposite. That's when we should be seeking and and literally calling out, crying out and taking chances to find these people to partner with.
1: 100%. And that's, you know... Uh, a, a thing that I'd see from great leaders like even Jeff Bezos when I heard him speak at that conference he was saying there's so many things in life I do not know and I'm not afraid to ask and I find that with your life and even in my life I guarantee you I am not afraid to ask I want to get better if if I need to grow in the area of relationships or grow in the area of time management or even finances, that I am going to listen to a person like you that knows what he's talking about. And you've got to humble yourself at times to get to the places where life has intended you to, to go.
0: You know what's interesting about that? If I'm being fully transparent, about a year ago, um, I knew this was one of my biggest weaknesses, was asking for help. And if I had to identify where it came from, it came from ego, right? Because the only reason you wouldn't ask for help is if you're trying to protect ego. Yes. And, um, so about a year ago, maybe a little bit more than a year ago, I literally made it a conscious decision that I'm going to start becoming better at asking for help. It's a muscle that I was going to start developing.
1: Yes. And by knowing you, I would like to say this, when I, when I, when I hear you say ego, I, I don't see it as ego like um i think i'm such a big deal that i'm not going to ask but i think it's 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 many times it's difficult for men especially to open ourselves up and be be transparent and you gotta understand um to all the people that are listening it's not easy being a man today nope it really isn't because you know a man mostly if you're married you're supposed to, like, guide your family. Mm -hmm. Secondly, to guard your family. Thirdly, to govern your family. And if you're feeling weak yourself, it's hard to guide, guard, and govern. But to all the men that are listening to us right now, uh, as Chris was saying, uh, just go ahead and humble yourself. You'll feel a lot better. And if you're in a setback, look to partner with power and let somebody help you find the way of escape.
0: Okay, so this idea of partnering with power, let's, let's just be super honest for a moment. Not everybody can call or text Tim's story. Not everybody can get a hold of me because we would just run out of bandwidth. So more realistic ways sometimes when you find yourself needing to partner with power are things like tuning into podcasts, going to events where you're going to be speaking, and at almost at risk of this sounding like a plug, things like your Utmost app, where they literally can plug into you and hear from you non-stop. Can you tell us about the app or am I putting you on the spot?
1: No, no. I love it. So I have a new app, uh, called the utmost app, uh, that they can get through, uh, iTunes right now. It's only on the Apple phone. We're going to do the uh, Android coming up, but it's a, a daily seven days a week. We have meditations that you can walk through uh, daily inspirations, daily motivational talking, that really can help take you through your day. And my vision is to see your vision come to pass. So that's the utmost app on iTunes. I love it. Everybody go
0: check it out. We'll put a link to it in the show notes to make it easy for you. So I want to stay on this idea of people who are in their setback, except I want to take a totally different angle at it. Cause this is, let's be honest. This is half of North America right now, right? I mean, people just feel like they're in their setback now. I'm not referring to adults this time when we talk about it. Let's talk about people who are maybe born into a setback or at least born into a place of not momentum and, and not having privilege right away. You know, there's kids everywhere growing up in Compton and other areas yeah. um, that are by no means wealthy or privileged or sometimes are even surrounded by bad influences at first. How do we increase their chances of ter- like turning into a success story like you?
1: Okay. So... Um, you've heard me talk about this before the law of the harvest okay yep and it's actually a biblical um, story so the whole idea is that in order to get a harvest in life there are steps you have to take before you manifest a harvest so many times people look at Richard Branson and they'll like get excited and they'll say okay I visualize that I'm going to be like Richard Branson. Well, Richard Branson had to take steps before he manifested this amazing life that he has. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the law of the harvest is that first you have to plow the ground. So, you got to plow. Secondly, you have to plant the seed. You have to plant the seed. And as we have talked as friends and just in conversation, remember we were talking about planting the right seeds? Yep. So, you got to plow. You got to plant the right seeds and then you got to water those seeds on a daily basis. So, the watering to me is the repetition. And I notice that even when you guys are on vacation with you and Lori, you guys are still running. Yeah, we still do exercise every day. Yeah, I'm like watching you guys and you're in Europe. It's like, we just ran eight miles. I'm like, my God.
0: (laughs) But you know why? Because those are the seeds that make us feel good.
1: Okay, I love it. OK, so you got to plow the ground, plant the seed, water the seed, and then you reap the harvest. So. So the Bible says this, he who works his land shall have abundance, but whoever chases fantasies lacks judgment. Ooh. So that's Proverbs 12:11 in the NIV translation because there's different translations of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The King James, the New International Version, et cetera. So So it says this. He who works his land shall have abundance. Whoever chases fantasies lacks sense. So what's my land? If you're in the third grade, work your third grade land. If you work at a donut shop, work your land. If you work in the oil fields in Texas, work your land. So the way to get out of a different situation or a difficult situation is to work your land. Chris, if I go back to the early days of you and Lori, I know the story. You guys were working your land. Yep. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: I mean, the early days of Lori and I, we looked nothing like we look today. I don't mean physically. I mean, that's one aspect. But I mean, in terms of our discipline, our happiness habits, the way we, you know, had this desire to help other people, it, we were radically different humans 16 years ago when we met than we were today. But she turned me on to uh, versions of self-development, which then allowed me to turn her on to versions of, you know, business and financial development. And we just started to invest our time and our energy and our money and and literally learn to love going to these things together. That was our version of working our land so that today we can have a great harvest.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you had to plow the ground, plant the correct seeds, water the seeds, and then you reap a harvest. Now, so here's where you come in. Then the Bible goes on to saying Galatians six, nine, do not become weary in doing well. For in the proper season, you will reap a harvest because you did not give up. So there are people that are listening to you, Chris, that get excited, one or two podcasts, and they're like, oh, man, Chris, it's not working. Well, the Bible just said, do not become weary in doing well. Keep on plowing, keep on planting, keep on watering. Don't become weary because payday is on its way.
0: Mm, I love that you like you. Faith means continuing on even though you can't see, right? So that's where your faith comes in. That if you continue to work your land, eventually the harvest will show up.
1: One hundred percent. In fact, um, there's a friend of mine who pastors a church, and it's just a a regular church. Little did he know that two gigantic. NBA stars were going to come out of that church. Wow! So, so when he was pastoring this church, there were two kids, African American, that went to the church. Well, they now these two have become two of the big stars in the NBA, that make a lot, a lot, a lot of money, like anywhere from eight to twelve million dollars a year, and they have come back and given all kinds of money back to the church bought buildings, and said, whatever you need, tell us. They didn't know that was going to happen, this little pastor. All he was doing was working his land, loving people, giving to people. You never know where the harvest is going to come from.
0: Okay, I love that. So let's let's take it that direction real quick. Um, obviously, those are two gentlemen that gave in a way that we were able to see, and therefore that inspired other people to start giving. Yes, now, Is it okay? Because people have very different opinions on this. Is it okay to give out loud as I call it? Is it okay to talk about your giving? Is it acceptable to give in a way that everybody sees and hears you giving, or are you supposed to keep it to yourself?
1: Okay. Phenomenal question. I believe it's about motives. Why are you telling? It's about motive. So, You know, there's times that we go to a restaurant and we have friends there, and one of us will just secretly take the check, right?
0: Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: And we pay it. and We don't say anything. And then someone says, well, who paid it? And then someone says, I think he did. And you go, yeah, I I got it. So that way I like. So your motive is, I like these people, I want to bless them. I take it. It's mine. But I also think that there's times that it's okay to say, like Bono, who said, I want to do something for Africa. They have a problem with HIV. They have a problem with AIDS. They have a problem with debt. So him and my friend Bobby Shriver, they came together and they created the Red Campaign. They said, They announced, they voiced, we have decided to do something about it. We are investing ourselves. We want other friends to invest. Let's go help change the world. I think their motives are correct. They voiced it. Let's start something. Let's make a difference. And it worked. Mm,
0: I love that. One of the questions I ask every single guest on here is, what is one of your personal all-time favorite moments of giving? Do you have one?
1: Yes. I like to surprise people. And, um, almost like there used to be a show back in the fifties called this is your day where somebody didn't know they're about to get this huge blessing. (laughs) And on this show, uh, they would come on, uh, and they would get blessed with all these things. It's, almost similar to the new version of Oprah saying, you get a car, you get a car. (laughs) So I was at a convention uh, that was just like a motivational convention. And I overheard a young kid talking in front of me to what seemed to be his uncle. And the uncle was asking him about student bills and uh, what it was costing him. And the uncle was being a little bit negative about, wow, I don't know this, this college and, you know, I didn't know it was going to be that expensive. And so I said to the kid during the break of this conference, I said, hey, come over here for a second. I said, my, my name is Tim Story. He goes, ah, I thought you'd look familiar. And I said, hey, what what school are you going to? And it wasn't even like a big Ivy League school or anything. And I said, when you're talking college bills, I said, what are we talking about? He said, well, I'm I'm talking about you know this particular school, and I found myself seven thousand dollars in debt and so you know that's what we were talking about i said so you only owe seven thousand and he goes yeah i owe seven thousand i said how does that make you feel he goes well kind of nervous i said okay so you don't know me and i don't know you is that correct he goes well i know who you are i said but we don't know each other right he goes right i said so i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna pay that bill today wow okay out of nowhere tears came down his face oh. out of nowhere so what i liked in that moment chris is that god has blessed me to where i can now be a blessing wow see because success is finding the need and filling it i don't i don't know this young guy and to you, I'll tell you something interesting. <laughs> Once I gave him the, the money and then he sent me two thank you notes through my assistant, I never have kept in touch with him since. It's something I felt to do at that moment.
0: That's incredible. I I love the way you phrase it. I've never heard this before. God has blessed me so that now I could be the blessing. That's that's amazing.
1: Yes. and And when you think that way, that he has blessed you so now you could be the blessing. See, oh, I want to walk in somewhere and somebody says, here comes an answer to prayer.
0: Yep. Wow, that's amazing. Imagine that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> right? That we should all be aiming to have that be the introduction that people introduce us with. You know, you you work with some of Hollywood's richest, wealthiest, most yes. famous individuals on a very intimate basis. And this show, as you know, aims to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. So I've just got to ask you point blank. Have you seen evidence to support this statement or have you seen evidence to dispute it?
1: To support it in gigantic ways. One of the things that people do not realize about the life of Johnny Carson, like if anybody would study Johnny Carson and even read books on Johnny Carson, some would talk about the side of him that was a recluse. He didn't let many people on the inside, but some do not realize that he left over a hundred million dollars to charity when he passed. Wow. That's a lot of money. Wow. Yes. So with the crowd that I'm around, uh, I see these people that play at that high, 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 high level who are, are extremely charitable. Like one of my good friends is John Paul de Jura. You know, he sold Patron for over $5 billion mm-hmm. just in the last few months. Uh, the person who helps run his charities, my friend Mara Hoffman, uh, is uh, just a tremendous person. Um, they do so much in feeding people, helping people for marine life. And he's out there. Giving, sewing, blessing, helping, hands-on, even with the homeless. So, yeah, I see a lot of people doing it. A lot of people doing it.
0: Remarkable. Remarkable. So I have just one question left for you. That this has just been incredible, by the way. I feel like this is the one episode that could put the bow on all episodes in order to to just <laughs> prove this concept of not only should we play as big as we can, but, you know, showing examples of what happens when we do um but before I ask you the last question where can people tap into you more like where can they get more of this on a regular
1: basis So I think if simply if you went to timstory.com so tim and then story is s t o r e y there's a e y in my name so tim timstory t i m s t o r e y.com then we have a Instagram it as well our Facebook the podcast that we talked about we do life coaching Every Monday, Chris, I'm on uh, Steve Harvey's Facebook TV. See, he has an audience of 6 million people. Every Monday, he lets me motivate, so that's exciting. But just go to TimStory.com, and you'll find all the things that we're doing.
0: And we already talked about the Utmost app. People are going to go check that out. You just said something about coaching.
1: Yes, so one of the things that keeps both of my feet on the ground is the one-on-ones and don't you find that in your own life as well oh for sure Uh, it's and
0: let's be really frank it's easy to become out of touch with reality if you don't intend or with intention try to stay on the ground
1: yeah so what, what happened to me for many many years of my life i was speaking like louisville kentucky one night two nights later baton rouge louisiana a night later orlando florida come home two days. Next, Newark, New Jersey. I was just running around left and right, and I enjoyed a lot of it. It was gigantic crowds, and you signed books forever, and you know, there's a real rush. But you guys just came back, I believe from Nashville, and listen, traveling can wear you out a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so what I do to keep both feet on the ground and take 30 years of research is I coach people and I mentor people. So it's not just NBA players anymore, NFL players, singers, uh, actors, and entrepreneurs from Beverly Hills. You now can coach with Tim story. So we have that on timstory.com where they can find out more information. And I actually take them through what I call the utmost living life coaching system. Where I help you with all the different areas of your life, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, your job, your family. We walk through all these areas step by step, and it is fantastic. I really, really love doing
0: it. and And I can just say, without trying to quote sell people on it, I can tell you that I have friends who have been blessed by your coaching and your coaching program. And so here's a funny story. You probably don't know this, but at first they said, come on, what's the catch? You know, he, he coaches all the a-listers. Why would he coach me for a price that's relatively affordable? What's the catch? Cause it feels like there should be one. Yes. And one session in, they said that you changed their life and it really is this idea of staying grounded and being able to help all types of people.
1: Yes. And I'll tell you one thing about my coaching is we do it through my nonprofit side. And so the coaching money is used towards the Story Dreams Foundation for me to go do more of what I'm about to go do in South Africa. And that's my 28th trip in 28 years to go into Soweto, to go into the townships and to change people's lives.
0: Would you look at that? Just more proof of what we're trying to show on this on this show. Isn't that amazing?
1: It's I think it's just our it's 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 what's become of our lives, Chris. That I think that we are forever grateful. Like, thank you, God. Wow. I'm living way beyond what I even imagined. And again, thank you for blessing me. And now I'm going to pay it forward.
0: Mm, I love that. All right. So the very last question, I want to be respectful of your time. It's this. It's the question I ask everybody at the end of the show. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth or success?
1: Because I do believe that it is, once again, a God idea and not a good idea. I think that an utmost God does not want almost children. So I am a parent, and I secretly put money in my children's accounts, (laughs) and they are in their mid-20s. That's awesome. I love it. That's awesome. And I drop money and then they text me or call me and go like, dad, what was that about? Ah, that's because I love you. An utmost God does not want almost children.
0: There's my answer. Wow. I love it. Tim, you're you're a blessing to Lori and I, first and foremost, you're a blessing to everybody that you come across. You know, you leave everybody better than when you found them, whether it's a short interaction or a long-term relationship. and. It is by no means a small token of appreciation when I say thank you, thank you, thank you for your valuable time speaking to everybody that listens to this show. It was incredible to hear what you have to say about wealth and the opportunity for all of us to play all out.
1: What a privilege, and I really do love you guys. Real friends, and you guys are making such a huge difference.
0: Amen. We feel the exact same way about you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for listening.